Hello, Twitter universe. My name is Mark Ryan. Welcome to the Sped Up Chat. I'm joined alongside my partner in crime at Raha International School, part of the Talim family, Lise Farquhar, and we have our arts panel in the house. This is the Sped Up Chat. You're joining us, the UAE, live. Here we go. All right. Hey, everybody. I hope uh, hope everyone's doing well in the Twitter universe. And this is going to be an amazing arts panel. Mark, James, Lise, here we go. Lise, you're up. Where are we going with this tonight? Well, I'm sorry that uh, Carlos isn't uh, able to join us tonight because we're talking about the blank canvas. And really, how is it that you get started with your work? In uh, my classroom, I get the kids to do five minutes of free draw at the start. And I purposely get them to address that blank page. And when the kids are like, I just, I don't know what to do, then we discuss strategies and, and sort of how to address that. And I love forcing that awkward challenge on them so that they learn how to address it. And so with Mark and James, especially making uh, their way in the world through art on the side and full time, I'm just curious to know, how do you get started? So James, You've recently produced an album with your partner Irma, and uh, I just wonder, you know, how did you how did you get started with it? Yeah, that was that was um, it was interesting. I, I think the most important thing that I can say about it right off the bat is don't let your plans get in the way. So our plan was to record some demos. Uh, my partner has many many songs, and she's constantly playing guitar and singing. And one day it was like, well, let's just try to record this on my phone. And then it was like, well, let's try to record this on the computer using GarageBand. And we're like, well, okay, well, let's record some demos. And then we can bring them into the studio and have some people play on a, like, a, like a five song EP or something. And so we started playing around and recording at home. And surprisingly, it started to sound really good. And we were like, oh, maybe we can do this. Maybe we can just keep going with this and not record demos, but just record the whole thing at home. And that's eventually what we ended up doing. And yeah. um, it, our goal initially was to record demos, go into a studio, record five songs, and we ended up with a full album with cello on it. Like, you know. Yeah. And how did you, yeah, like how did you find out, you know, did you have mentors and did you find some people who guided you, who who got you started or did you just do a lot of research or was it through connections? You know, uh, I would say the majority of it was trial and error. Just spending a lot of time just plugging away and being curious, just trying things out. I think for a lot of it, um, because we had the freedom of doing it ourselves at home, we could define everything we didn't want first before finding what we wanted. Yeah. So we could go through and be like, hey, maybe this part needs a kazoo. Obviously not. <laughs> maybe this part needs a trumpet. Okay, yeah, let's try that. Yeah. Everything yeah. probably needs just more cowbell, I would assume. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I think there's that key thing you said, you know, like it started too, you know, and I think that's the moment as an artist that we're all kind of looking for. And I remember Mark speaking about it before when he was like, I just need to shoot. Hey, buddy, can you grab your uh, your big boots and your jacket? We're going into the woods. The snow, yeah. the snow, the snow might be up to your waist, but I'm going to yeah. go and until it like it starts to something right so mark do you have the same kind of process where you yeah. know you make a small plan and then you wait for it to start to whatever 
Yeah, it really, for photography, you have to plan a little bit just because it's a lot of gear. And mm -hmm. unless you're just going to go into the woods and just grab your camera and be like, okay, well, we're just going to shoot nature and see what happens. But even then, I think, you know, you've got to prep what lenses am I going to bring? Uh, is it going to be a rainy day or a sunny day or this or this or this? So a lot of photo stuff, especially outside, is really prepped. Um, but it's funny, the opposite is is when I when I want to paint. So when I'm painting, it's like I... I'm very instinctual. I'll just get a bunch of colors, I'll pull them out, and then I'll just, as Lisa, you were saying with your students, you kind of just start going. And then you, the, the thing that I find that really, really helps is you take a step back, and a literal step back, and go, where am I going with this? What am I doing? Because otherwise, it's just going to be a mixture of brown colors just all <laughs> swirled on the page. But it's the same with photo, because it's um, you're dealing with a lot of elements uh, I think it, with painting, you have a little bit more control, but with photo, you can control the atmosphere, but things can happen. You know, you're dealing with different personalities of people that you're working with. Uh, you're, if it's outdoors, it's the elements. If it's indoors, I think you have much more control, but then again, it's a limitation of, let's say, your space or the light, et cetera. So, you're, you're uh, setting yourself up for opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, but, I, but I totally agree with uh, you, James, because I've been in the studio with an idea and then shooting, shooting, shooting and going, it's just, why is it just not clicking for me? Why is it just not clicking? And then you just take a moment and you go, I've done it where I've gone, do you know what? I'm going to turn off the light that's actually lighting the subject and I'm going to backlight them or I'm going to choose a, a different color gel or I'm going to do something. And then all of a sudden you're going, oh, it's creating that moment that I was looking for. But yeah, it's, it, you know, best laid plans can also not lead to anything. It's just, yeah. you have to keep going with the process. Yeah, I think in visual art, we're so guided by, um, you know, either mistakes that are made when you're working with the materials or guided by the materials themselves. And how often, Mark, do you find that your um, model, their personality, takes you off on a tangent or gives you inspiration for something? Well, <laughs> it really depends. I, I've, I've been fortunate that I've worked with quite a few really just exceptional people, but I've had a, on occasion especially when you're working, let's say in fashion, uh, where you have to deal with a lot of egos and you have mm -hmm. to be able to, you have to no, well, I'm not, I'm not going to lie about this because myself as an artist, I do have my own ego, but it's, it's taking, you have to almost as the director, take yourself a little bit out of the situation and then just kind of be the caretaker for everyone and say, okay, I need you to do this. I need you to do this. I need you to do this. Uh, with, uh, different personalities, as I've said, um, uh, you kind of have to trust also the instincts of your model because you could tell them to do a million different things, but you could go, God, it just looks really forced in that moment. It's just not what they naturally would be able to do. Um, so there sometimes has to be a balance between that, but I, uh, but yes, I'm, I'm fortunate. I mean, as Mark was mentioning, you know, I have a couple friends who are just exceptional who I will just take into the woods and they don't have to do much. They just have to stand there and I'm just propping them with clothes or saying, okay, I know you're I know you're in sweats, but I need you to lie down and I'm gonna cover you in snow and we're gonna do this for about a half hour and they're freezing out there, you know. But they trust me. And I think a big part of it um in my situation is it's, it's a lot about trust. It's yeah. a lot about understanding uh people understanding the creative process and uh trusting you, but you also trusting them. And we're gonna I, was, come uh, sorry. I just had a quick question. So many yeah. questions. Um do you find yourself just trying to get those first ten shots off just to get sort of things flowing 
Oh yeah, because sometimes setup is a long time. Yeah, it's the most. I, I, I mean, I know, and Mark knows this about uh, uh, this as well from television experience. Um, the uh, <laughs> it, it, the entertainment industry is like the longest waiting game ever, yeah. and it takes forever to create the smallest amount of product. Yeah. And once you get going, it's so much fun. But the prep work is crazy. Some, it, yeah, it can be. It's a, and you must know as a musician as well because uh, you have to get, like. Do you? I don't know, James. Do you record in your own home? But because I know yes. musicians that sometimes yeah. are just like, I can't wait to get to the studio. But I feel like all I'm doing is writing, 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 and it's not actually going to turn into anything until I get to the studio to do anything with. So I find um, it's the same for me. Like I'll I can write an outline. I can do this. I can do this. But the most fun shoots I ever have are, as Mark was saying, grab a buddy, go to the woods. And just, you know, round off the shots, round off the shots, yeah. We're going to come back to the woods again, but uh, James, when you picked up a trumpet or experimented with the kazoo, how often did that um, introduction of something spontaneous or experimental actually change the direction of some of the, you know, the the feel of the songs and things that you were producing? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's remarkable. My goal with all of the songs uh, was to serve the song. So, you know, I used the kazoo as a joke. Um, I don't think there are any songs with actual kazoo in it, but there is that experimentation where, okay, well, the, the sentiment of this song is, um, let's say joy. Okay. Well, what, what sounds like joy and even just searching the plugins and searching the instruments, um, going through and being like, Oh, you know what? Um, church bells for some, that means joy. So let's try putting that in. So that's, um, yeah. Did it change the direction of the song? Every time. Every time. Because it's introducing another emotion. It's introducing another layer onto, onto things. Mm -hmm. Did it always augment the song? I think the choices that we ended up making in the end, in terms of what went where, did augment the song. But many times we ruined many songs. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like it, it was, there was so much experimentation. It was thinking, oh, church bells, yeah, of course, that's joy. And then you put them on, and you're like, oh, it sounds like a funeral. Like mm -hmm. there's nothing. Well, there can be joy in that scenario, but I think it's amazing <laughs> that you bring that up because it's something you know, as art teachers and music teachers in the IB system uh, of schooling, that actually sometimes feels a little bit forced when we're talking to our students, especially at a young age. I want you to get some colors out and I want them to represent joy. I want them to represent anger. And you see the students kind of like, uh, you know, they're just kind of making it up like, yeah, that's what this is. Okay, there it is, Mr. Yeah. Mark, what you wanted, right? And I think it's hearing that now, you know, in your practice, you know, as someone making something professional, that you are still going through some of those moments of trying to capture a sound to match an emotion. And that, you know, students need to hear that as well, that, you know, it is that, journey that is even as a professional and as an adult you kind of grab something and you're like uh yeah i think it's this no it's not oh um, god no 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 it's not that at all <laughs> yeah exactly um the one thing that i wanted to touch on a little bit with the blank canvas is does anybody have any strategies um that you put in place consistently to make sure you get past that kind of like getting past the writer's block when i was going into university and we talked about it before i worked with a an artist named Bat Boy in Ottawa. And his big thing was that you have to paint the canvas. You have to prime it, but with a color. And he liked to go with red ochre and he would just kind of like go onto it and 
paints it all up, a yellow ochre, red ochre, yellow ochre. Anyways, one of those. Um, Mark will correct me in a second. But anyways, paint it up and then you can step back and you step back with something that Alan Williamson would probably, the CEO of Talim, jump in with the old chalk. You can tackle it and draw something that isn't so permanent. You know, you can draw on your tree or draw on your rock or draw your word or whatever and just kind of get a sense about what you're working with. So those are two strategies that I always kind of played with when I was in university. Like Mark was saying, he'd just attack it with color and kind of stand back. And I would do the same knowing that actually this was going to just be a base layer for my art and kind of was the step into passing that kind of artist block or that writer's block and taking that little um, first step. James, do you have like a first step that you try to go when you're, you're making a piece of music? Yeah, I, I would say it's just recording however bad it is, uh, a scratch track. So just like a reference track. So just get that guitar down, get the singing down. Doesn't matter if it's full of mistakes. It just puts something down so you you can sort of attach, um, you can attach thoughts, ideas, emotions to, and then you can go back and you can you know fix things up bit by bit, re-record the guitar, add a different guitar, be like, hey, you know what? That's not supposed to be acoustic guitar. It should be electric guitar instead. You know what? Maybe it shouldn't be strummed. Maybe it should be picked. But you can't start making those decisions until you have something concrete, until you have something to listen to. No matter how crappy the recording is, you, you just need something to, to talk about, something to sort of sit down and listen to and discuss. Yeah. So it's, just, it's just getting something recorded. It's just yeah. starting. It's just getting started. Get started, go for it. If you screw it up, whatever, you can always do it again. Yeah, I think that's I think that's so key. I had it down here when I was writing down for Blank Canvas, you know, first layer, second is chalk, and the third is disgust. And I know Mark was part of that journey um, all the time in the art room when I was doing work back in university. Just the whole process of discussing even something that was a mistake or something that was intentional, but now there's someone there with you in that moment ready to kind of push you and guide you forward. Mark, what's your secret to artist block oh my gosh uh it's very very loaded but yeah i i just i'm kind of the personality type that just throws things to the to the canvas until it something sticks sometimes but but then there are times like i just recently started painting again and i started a couple paintings and then i just said uh okay i'm gonna put them to the side for now i'm gonna think about them for a bit and it's been about three weeks and i haven't touched them again because um it's just you have to i think it's a headspace thing as well i think when you're in school uh there's a little bit of a forced nature where you're like i have to get assignments done so i gotta push to get through it you have to deliver uh, you have to deliver and it's like and i mean if you're gonna be a full-time artist you have to deliver as it is but then there are moments where you're just like my mind is just not there um for me, more than anything, it's research. It's looking. Uh, I, I I'm a big user of Pinterest. I create mood boards all the time for photo shoots, even if I don't wind up doing them. Like I've had ones where I thought I was going to have a photo shoot, never wound up happening, and then I use the ideas for something else completely different. So, I think um, I think uh, you you know in terms. Of, I I wish more. I was more of a musician because I think it's. I think. For that scenario, it's practice, 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 do, 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 do. Uh, photography, because I say a lot of it's prep, um, it's just keep reading, keep doing research, keep getting inspiration. I mean, there, 
in my opinion, there's not really a lot of original ideas anymore, but we can push and pull things to make them our own. So it's just, you know, I like to research, like I like to look at images in magazines and be like, I wonder how they did that lighting. Do some research, let's see how we can do it. How can I DIY this at home? Mm -hmm. um, that kind of stuff excites me. And then it's just finding the people that you feel would be perfect for those projects. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just, but as I say, I do that, but then on the other hand with the painting, it, it's very instinctual. So if it doesn't hit me right away, I'll slap to the canvas and then I'll go, I need a couple weeks to think about this because I'm not entirely sure where uh, this is gonna go yet. What's the actual outcome gonna be? So again, it turns, it sometimes does turn into let's create a plan as opposed to let's be instinctual. So yeah, I, I have multiple different things for multiple different mediums. This is gonna this is gonna kind of go off for a second there, but I have to touch on that point that you just said about you know an original idea. And you know you hear about it a lot. You know there's no like everything has been done or whatever. Um, personally, I've never struggled with that idea because I felt you know the thoughts going through my head, the way that I'm processing it, and the way that I'm going to tackle it. Maybe not it won't won't be the first person to ever touch on that topic. But the way I'm going to handle it and through my paintbrush and in that moment will be a, an original moment. You know, it will be something that I don't need to compare to someone else. So I've always found a real struggle with that. Lise, what do you think about that uh, comment that Mark made? Yeah, I think, you know, we just get so, so often blocked by thinking, just like you said as well, James, like just getting started. You've just got to get something down to go with. And I think, uh, I think what you said, Mark, about research being your, uh, something that provides you with inspiration is really, really important. And uh, earlier we were talking about, uh, before we kind of jumped into this live, we were talking about how to get yourself out into the world. And, you know, you create all this stuff, um, but how does it get seen and heard? And where is your purpose and everything with it? And we were talking, when you said Pinterest, I thought, you know, you go again to these places for mentorship and inspiration and things. And where do you find those mentors? So to, to sort of take you further and to, to get out there. So Mark, you're a huge TikTok guy and you're seeing incredible, you know, you say there's nothing original, but you've seen tons of original stuff or I think there are new ways of presenting ourselves now. And that is something we really need to start exploring a bit more. Yeah, so um, I don't know if you really answered my question, Lise, but I do I understand you're, I definitely you're, answer your question. Like, um, but James, what do you think about an original idea? And then I'll talk about TikTok in a second. Um, yeah, I think it's tricky. You know, while you were talking about it, I was thinking, it's so hard to copy a song. It's so hard to recreate a song. Even if I had the same exact idea, I would never be able to play it the same. I would never be able to record it the same. I would never be able to um, master it the same and listen to it in the same environment where it's, uh, where it's approved. So no original ideas. Uh, a lot of music has been recorded but no one has made an album like the album that Irma and I made. E even if the chords are the same as many other songs and albums, 
um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know how to approach that. I, th I think where, where I was going from that perspective, and I don't want to, I wasn't trying to state that there, no one can be original. I think what I'm saying is it's more of a generalized statement of like, um, you know, you can probably have a couple in every country who's recorded a folk album or you, you know, I photographed, we keep talking about the man in the woods. I think it's because it's uh, one of the latest fashion shoes they did in the winter, but I've, you know, multiple people have photographed Man in the Woods. It's just finding your unique take on what you're going to do, how you're going to make it original. And that's why, uh, research wise, I find that's really helpful because you're both, you and Lisa are both right. Like you have, or, and Mark as well, like there is an original way of doing every idea. I just think that, um, I think that that's the way that you can kind of break the cycle of being trapped, like trapped in your mind is how do I make this mine? I want to do this, but I've seen it done before. But how does it become my idea? So that I, I think, think that's that, what I was going to say. You have the added challenge of there always being physical evidence. So yes, in the woods. Oh, bring an axe. Well, everyone brings an axe. You know, <laughs> I I brought giant blankets. That's how I made it. <laughs> yeah, I think the originality comes through your um, unique experiences as well, and that's why going out into the world and doing you know experiencing as much variety as you can helps you to become and feel more like an original person and being and therefore create things that has have a greater sense of originality um so just getting out into the world and doing more and being more and experiencing more i think is is the path to uh greater originality um, cause like you said, yeah, it's, it's just, you are unique regardless of how much you have in common with so many other people. So. Yeah. I think, um, it comes down to as well, the why, you know, you can go and you can see a photograph of man in the woods and say, I'm going to go out to copy that image. I like that image. I'm going to go try to make it myself because I know people liked it. So therefore I'm going to try to make them give me some validation because I've, I've seen something. So I think it's through the why. And that's where I'm going to go with the TikTok kind of idea of why I think it is a useful platform for artists. And I think it goes to the fact that, you know, nowadays, you know, you might not need a gallery to show your work for a month. You might not need a curator to properly set up your work and say, this is how it should be seen. And you need to be there on Thursday night because that's when you're going to be taking the questions and everything the way that it was supposed to. And where's your artist statement and all this kind of stuff. And I'm speaking as a visual artist, but you know, the idea that now you can go live every night with anybody who wants to know about your process and ask you questions. You can go live while you're doing the, the artwork. If you want to invite strangers into the process to do that thing that we call discuss, you could let them be part of it and say, you know, what is it that you think I should be tackling? What part of this artwork challenges you? And just listen to the people um, that are there supporting you. I think TikTok provides uh, an avenue for that. I know there's other places to do that. And James, I'm interested, you know, you've made something, you've created something. Now, how do you make it so it's accessible for the world? Yeah, that's 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 a good question. That's a good question. Uh, Certainly haven't tried TikTok. Uh, I'm not currently on TikTok. Don't know when or if I'll be on TikTok. Because as you mentioned earlier, I, I do sort of view it uh, from an old person's perspective, seeing it more as a, a choreographed dance move platform, even yeah, though it, yeah. is another, it is just another broadcasting platform. 
But uh, yeah, I think it's, it's funny, you know, um, if I look at it from an educator's point of view, I'll get the same thing from teachers at the school and they'll say, oh, it's just for kids. And then I'll say, okay, but imagine this, I, I put a post on Twitter and I had a conversation with adults about the same thing that they saw with that photo. I put the same content on TikTok and now young people were commenting and sharing their perspective. And I thought, isn't that as educators, what we're trying to do is just reach out to the people young or old and say, what do you think about this? Like I'm doing this. It was, this was about a cancer yeah. awareness and students around the UAE started messaging, Hey, my teachers do that on Monday or no, mine do that on Wednesday or my don't do it at all. And they were just having a dialogue where when I was just speaking to, you know, adults in the Twitter space there, you know, good job, keep up the good work. You know, it wasn't much of a conversation, but you know, I'm not saying young people uh, interact more, but uh, they, inter they interact. Well, that's where they are. That's where they're hanging out. Yeah. That's where they're comfortable interacting. So if you're not on TikTok, what are you doing? Yeah, what am I doing? What's that? You're just, you know, you're not getting into the pub scene or, uh, you know, that as well. Like, are you doing live gigs at all? Or what are, what are you guys getting out and doing? Uh, well, yeah, we, we haven't had the opportunity to actually play any live shows because mm -hmm. of pandemic and stuff, but we did, we did shoot a few songs here at home. So we had like a little fake live show at home and we put that on YouTube and promoted it on uh, Instagram. So that's, that's really the only two platforms that we've really explored and, and tried to do any promotion on YouTube and, and Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think definitely amazing platforms for sure. And they all oh, have yeah. the same functions as TikTok with going live. Mark, I know you're definitely on Instagram and people can reach out to you. I'm always stealing your photos and using them for my own promotion for sped up chat. So what are you all doing right. on Instagram? So how do you feel about that? <laughs> so thank you. Yeah. I'm at Mark Brigton photo on Instagram, just in case anyone's following this, who uh, wants to follow me. Uh, I, I mean, I was fortunate because I kind of just used it as a, um, in photo school is just to be like, hey, look at the stuff that I'm shooting. Um, but when I graduated, I was really lucky because I had one of my images picked up by InStyle magazine in the US and they posted it as like male uh, fashion trends. And it was um, flower beard at the time, which was 2015, which was a big thing. Uh, and then my my viewer, my viewer viewership grew exponentially. And then it kind of, it's kind of gone down since, but uh, but I, I, I love Instagram, but I find there's a lot of social media pressure to get as many likes as you want, to get as many people interested, because no matter, regardless of the amount of, of people that follow you, they half the time you're, you're so oversaturated that you're not liking half the things that you're following. Like you're not even really paying attention to it. Um, the only reason I never, I, I didn't do the TikTok side, and it, for me it was the perception that it was more of the video world, which is not really, um, video dance uh i see it as like influencers using it uh and I, i've never aspired to be an influencer so uh for me it was never the idea that i like i like the concept of it uh it's and i have friends my own age who are really into it they love it for the funny videos but i just i find that i'm so bombarded with imagery as it is that i just don't want to have to kind of always be on the latest trend you know like i tried to do uh, the snapchat thing didn't really work for me. Uh, and then people were like, oh, Snapchat's dead. Okay, great. And there've been a couple others that, um, you know, that I've just not really gotten, it, it just doesn't interest me as much because I just constantly feel that I'm not really engaging. You're engaging. I'm still on my MySpace profile. Well, because <laughs> I did the MySpace thing and I did the, and you know, I still have Facebook, yeah. but um, 
Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right, Mark. I think it's a really good platform to showcase when, let's say, people aren't you it, the the competition to be in galleries, right? Artist statements to play that kind of game, and rather than having to play any game, you can say, "Hey, world, check out my stuff." The downside of it is is that anyone in this world, and it's not a bad thing that everyone in this world is able to access it, but you're competing with three to six billion people like that have accounts that are using this as their platform. So even though you're showcasing what you're doing, uh, is it really reaching the target audiences that you want to? Like, and I, I that's kind of where I, and sometimes I think art loses its value because it's not as rare or as um, sought after, but I mean, but I mean, it depends on. I, that's a whole another topic about what is artist value. But it's just I'm I'm talking mon monetary, but yeah, yeah. Well, and if you're modest as well, yeah. How you know? How do you start self promoting yourself when you just aren't? That's not your character, as well. You know, like you're sitting there. And how do you get yourself out there? And there are a lot of options now where you don't have to be so in. You know jumping up and down kind of thing. Yeah, I would kind of push on Mark on that one and the idea that, you know, there's all these artists in that space doing stuff. They're also competing for those gallery spaces as well. You know, so when galleries are out and looking for people that are engaging an audience that are getting traction, that are doing things in communities, they're seeing some of these people on these platforms and saying, let's represent that person. Let's give this person a, a showcase or something. And the story that you talk about with asking your friends to go out in the woods with the blanket and, and, and shooting that, you know, speaks to how you work as a photographer and seeing that in video, to, if, if there was a video format, a 15 second of like, hey, this is what we're gonna do today. Boom, here's the model, here's the location. Like, I think that is so powerful for the audience to know that's an amazing image that he created. I like that image and I would like that in a magazine or I would like that on my wall but I actually love the way this person goes about making his work. And it's the same thing. I think this is the, the point that artists now, I personally feel need to jump on because young people are jumping on it. They are showing how they're making art. They're showing every angle of it, where they're buying their materials, who they're hanging out with. Hey, let's try this, let's try that, come with. And I think that's what people want. They wanna be part of the journey. They don't want to be part of just the product. And I think the product can, can be up in a gallery, totally up with that. It was at the museum for the entire spring break. So I know <laughs> artwork hanging on a wall looks amazing and can be so powerful and can move people, but bringing them in onto that journey is really, really important too. Um, Lise, what do you do to showcase what you're making um, when you're cutting up all those textiles and piecing them together in amazing little geometric patterns? Uh, I'm just such a, a collector of things that uh, I always have a purpose. There's always some sort of purpose that I have, or I'm inspired by the actual materials themselves and then needing to get them out of the cupboard and see the light of day. And, uh, and that's really what drives me. And so I often, mm, the message or the meaning often reveals itself much later in the process. I don't do a lot of forward planning and most of the time if I make a clear plan I will make an accidental cut or drill a hole in the wrong place or what have you and most of the time my work evolves as a result of a spontaneous accident that takes me off in a different direction 
and then you know taking a step back after it's been created then I, I see a message in it that often is linked to the the process that got me to that end product um, so yeah just the the simplest things creating value experiments with camel hide and then thinking about the word value and and where that idea leads to as well so I would say that but uh, yeah just Getting yourself out there, I think, is 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 a big thing. So I hope James, you and Irma can uh, get yourselves more heard and uh, and seen because the music is amazing. Well, I'm, I'm glad you think so. It's uh, one thing we actually, Irma, Tess, my partner, and I discussed it. We're not hustlers, and I, I think with a, a lot of these uh, a lot of these platforms sharing the process, yeah, that's great. But it's kind of hustling, and it's it's kind of like, hey, look at me, I'm important. And neither one of us is is really down with that game, um, even though we want people to listen to the music. So you kind of have to strike a balance, like how much do I want to hustle? How much am I am I willing to put into this after putting so much work into this product? Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's tricky. It's tricky. Yeah, that's, uh, that's an interesting word to, to call it. I would think that that would be like, you know, when when we when we open up a topic in in school here in the IB we kind of say okay we're going to put this lens on it so we're going to look at promotion promoting yourself and we're going to look at through the lens of being a hustler and then that totally shifts exactly how you look at it right then everything you look at you kind of think like oh i see what you're doing oh i see what you're doing i see what it's you're doing it's an angle yeah yeah and i think I, I would suggest and this is just my perspective on it that you change that lens and change the hustle thing because i think you know, it doesn't have to be that negative word, the idea that you're just actually proud of something you're doing and you're just mm -hmm. trying to showcase it to more people. And, you know, you're not out there being like, and to listen to the last 40 seconds of the song, make sure you that, that, that. And people are like, oh, how dare you, James? <laughs> um, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it'll dance get. routine on TikTok. <laughs> I'll tell you because um, Mark, whenever he posts his images on Instagram, he blurs out 80% of them. So you can't even see it. So he's just like, <laughs> You want the rest? You need to send me a DM. That's just how it is. Burn. Yeah, to my OnlyFans. You'll get a lot more than you bargained for. But no, I, uh, I, I agree. Actually, Mark, actually, you've kind of changed my mind a little bit. I think for me, a lot of the time though, is my mind, my mind doesn't work in the sense of let me remember to film what I'm doing. It's more I gotta focus on what I'm doing right now. Yeah. I got a lot in my like I gotta and. Especially as I, I, we've mentioned, like during a pandemic, it's really, you can't really get a team of people together. So it's like, uh, unless you've got, you know, and in Ottawa, I don't know if you know, but we've had problems in terms of um, just policing between Gatineau and Ontario because it's, we're, it's the borders two provinces. So it's like two, it's two separate governments that are really trying to stop us from doing the things that we want to do. I mean, in some ways, rightly so. But anyway, I, I love the concept, but there are days, and I will agree with you, Mark, because even for my Instagram stories, there are days where I'm like, oh, I totally forgot to video that. I really wanted to video uh, behind the scenes for this. And I, you know, I just completely forgot because it's not in my wheelhouse. It's not something that I technically would instinctively want to go to, but you're absolutely right. I think it, it's just changing your mindset and seeing things as not trying to be, you know, like, Hey guys, welcome to my channel. And, you know, subscribe to, you know, it's, it's a lot of, Hey, let me showcase what it is. I do, how I'm doing it. Uh, let me share. You know, I think the new movement of the younger people is less, let's be secretive and let's be shameful. It's more, 
hey, let's um, be open to and sh collaborate and have ideas and let's be supportive of each other, which is which is something that is wonderful. But I think uh, generationally, it's just completely different than what maybe my generation was, which was a lot of, uh, in, especially it being someone who has worked briefly in the fashion industry, where it's a lot of uh, shaming, degrading, and making sure that uh, the weak stay weak and the strong stay strong. Well, and I think, uh, you know, people aren't just wanting to invest in a product anymore. Um, they want to invest in those people and really know them. And I think when they can know and see your process, it makes your product feel so much more authentic and original. And, you know, rather than seeing yourself as being self-promoting, you're actually just making your work more authentic to people who you know really want to engage with it and have a more personal connection with what they are consuming because there is just so much out there and it can be so faceless and people want connection uh, more than ever i think now so you're making your your things more valuable by making it more personal yeah and i think um to kind of wrap up what Mark had said there, the idea that, you know, it's not something that he has in his mind that he should be doing, right? I need to be creating this other content alongside of the work that I'm trying to do. It's the idea that, you know, you can plan that as much as you plan when you just throw that paint on the canvas at the beginning. You know, like if you just get into the rhythm of just throwing something out there and not trying to make that as perfect as the photo as well, right? I think that's the tricky part as artists as well, as, as we're talking right now, sometimes, sometimes as soon as you have to make that other content, we look at it through a lens of, okay, now how am I gonna make this, right? How am I gonna make this look and how am I gonna present this? Where I think that can be kind of more of an evolution, that kind of like a process just of, let's just start throwing out there and let people know because one of the most impactful things for me creating content on social media in the past two or three years are the comments that people give me that never reacted to my posts. The comments where people said, hey, I saw that thing you did and that inspired me to do something. I'm like, I, you didn't write that. You never told me that. But they're like, no, but I noticed you were doing it and I valued it. And I thought there's a layer that's happening as an educator for me that makes me really want to go on here and have these chats and have this right now because you know at the end maybe 50 people watch this chat maybe 100 and whatever but there could be that one person who sat there you know and was like wow that conversation really did something that inspired me to do something else and we don't always know those moments but they can have a huge impact so i think letting people part of that process in some of these different ways um, so james i would i'm looking forward to it next time there's a youtube live or a facebook live concert Let's try to make it in the next three weeks, right? Let's just try to set it up. Let's yeah. make it happen. And um, sure. Mark, Mark, I'm going to be looking on your Instagram in the next probably week and a half for you outside crunching leaves with someone just being like, Mark, I don't really trust you. I don't know why you think I do, but I just don't. You know, and you're like, lay in the leaves. Trust me, they're clean. Um, but yeah. This has been uh, an amazing chat. We're going on 40 minutes. It's no longer the sped up chat, but we tried our best. I've had a great time. Lee's. What are you saying before we head off? Uh, just keep creating, really. That was just awesome. And I, I really would like to hear some kazoos in your, in your tracks or find out, you know, let us know if you were inspired by this and you're going to add that in. James, you got uh, 30 seconds. The floor is yours. What's going on with you uh, in the next couple weeks that people can look forward to or just 
just in general? Well, I, I guess I'm going to be recording some music and shooting some live videos at home. Yay. You know, there we go. Well, uh, you have, have to do. <laughs> you have uh, you have an audience here. Next sped up chat for our roundtable. We can just actually, you know, share screen and just go live to the music. We can just let yeah. that happen. Um, yeah. Why not? Why don't we change it up a little bit? Uh, Mark, I know you're not crunching leaves in the woods. And if you are, I hope you're wearing a mask. But what are you going to be doing? So within the next week, my new branding is going to be up on my Instagram. So look out for my new logo coming up. Uh, it's kind of inspired by this whole I've had a weight loss journey in the last year, and it's kind of uh, been inspired by that, just new kind of modern stuff. Um, right now, I'm planning uh, shoots. I'm hopeful that the government will be a little bit more lenient once there's more vaccines that become available so that I can go out and I can shoot more. So just keep your eyes on Mark Brigden photo on Instagram. I have to say, um, if you take photos half as good as you model in them, then your work is going to be amazing in the coming months. It was amazing pictures. And I know I did steal some to promote this sped up chat tonight. And uh, I regret nothing. So thank you, Mark, for that. James, it's always a pleasure. Lise, thank you for totally avoiding all of my questions tonight. I'm not, I have, uh, I have I'm not surprised, but, uh, you know, well, I am well, in the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very well done. All right. Thank you for your tolerance. <laughs> No problem. This has been the Sped Up Chat live from Abu Dhabi. My name is Mark Ryan. That's Lise Farquhar. We're out.